starting in five, four. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast you can put with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. We're not going to throw numbers at you. We're not going to be a bunch of critics. We're just two friends at the end of a movie that asks a simple question. So did you like it? I am Sir Swearin, and I am joined, as always, with my co-host. I'm Arturo! I mean, cuz. <laughs> Arturo died in the story. That is right. It is Arturo and Katarina here to tell you the story of Overboard. That is right. <laughs> this week, we checked out the classic film written by Leslie Dixon, directed by Gary Marshall, Starring Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Somebody call for a carpenter? That's my wife's department. Mrs. Grant Staten III. Grant, I'm on the phone! Always knew what she wanted. I'm not paying for your mistakes. And she always got it. You haven't got a single thing on this earth to do except for your hair. She had power. I... Taste. Oh. What is this gelatin? Muck. Style. Are you going to bring me my lemon or do I have to squeeze it from my hat? And amnesia. Seems a mystery woman was picked up by the Elk Cove garbage cow shortly after midnight. Excuse me, miss. Can you tell me your name? Of course I know my name. It's The story about a man who wants to get uh, payback on a rich heiress for screwing him over. Um, I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Okay, so here is the whole premise of this whole thing. <laughs> I just saw a video that was comparing Overboard with Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. And, oh, yeah, and I had never seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and I approached you at work. And I said, hey, man, I'm listening to this weird video. Like, have you seen Overboard? You're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well, it's basically about this. And they're comparing it with this other movie. And you're like, oh, my God, I've never met anyone who's heard, who's heard of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I was like, wait, you've seen this dog shit? <laughs> <laughs> so then we knew we had to do our own comparison and just see what it's like. Because I had seen Overboard. haven't seen Seven Brides. You saw Seven Brides. Hadn't seen Overboard. And so I was like, well, this is going to be a fucking double feature we're going to have to do. Or back-to-back feature. And the results may surprise you. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. The whole time at work, it's just the build-up to go watching this movie. I'm like, okay. So the premise is really dated and really kind of hard to defend. But the leads are charismatic and... I don't know, by the end, they really love each other. It's, it's a heartwarming thing. You're like, okay, if that's really what you want to say about it. Yeah, I mean, because you have to understand, guys. So, like, to, to, we won't try to do a huge scene by scene this time. But you have to understand, is like, at the beginning of this film, our uh, uh, Kurt Russell's character named Dean Prophet builds the dopest shoe closet I have ever seen. Like, I I am a simple man. I have four pairs of shoes. A nice pair, casual pair, work pair, and some Crocs. Don't judge. But I would buy as many shoes as I need to justify having a shoe closet like this. I can't respect a man who wears Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> well, joke's on you. You do a podcast with him. <laughs> I, I have literally one pair of shoes... The old pair of shoes that this pair of shoes replaced. I have chanclas, a pair of chanclas, and I have an old pair of chanclas that this pair replaced. <laughs> That's my shoe collection. Because in case the new ones break down, I got the old ones. That's how I live my life. And I, as a child, I did always want that shoe rack too. I wouldn't put shoes in it, but I was like, it's cool as shit. Like you said, he turns a little crank, and then like the shoe, like some of like two of the racks recess, the other two come forward, split apart, and then new ones come in. It's great. Oh, it's it was awesome. I would put my entire collection of books. That's the best thing I could think of. I was going to say, with how old I was back then, it probably would have been a pod collection. <laughs> That's right. I'm dating myself. Shut up. I almost wanted to just piss you off and be like, for the Funko collection. <laughs> but 
So, uh, but okay. So uh, when I say the premise is icky, um, you said the synopsis at the beginning. You said, "Oh, a man, you know, uh, kind of getting a little bit of revenge, you know, getting yeah, uh, I did. screwed so, over." So, do you want to tell them well, how? Do you want to tell them why this is problematic? The revenge. Th- oh, okay. So what happens is he builds this beautiful um, shoe rack for her in her yacht, and she hates it. Uh, it's not the right wood. It's made of. What was it like? Oh, he used oak instead oh, okay. of cedar. Because <laughs> everyone knows that cedar is supposed to be used on personal yachts. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so after... And, and no, she did not mention this before he started working. After, yeah, she didn't mention it ahead of time, but after 48 hours of work, she tells him like, oh, this is bullshit, and this is bullshit, and you should, uh, you, you know, you got to redo it, whatever. And, you know, I'm not going to pay you anymore because you should have done the job right the first time. Uh, to which he complains. He says he's not going to do it uh, and, and unless she pays him the money it takes to replace it and redo it and all that other stuff. Uh, so she pushes him overboard, throws his two tools out like he's ha- standing to the ledge, and instead of dealing with him, she just pushes him over, tells him, start the boat, leaves him behind. So his way of getting revenge is, we'll probably come back to it, but through shenanigans, she ends up falling off the boat much later uh, at a nighttime as they're still moving. Uh, and washes up on uh, on shore with amnesia. Her husband didn't want to claim her because, as we'll discuss later, she's kind of a bitch to, like, everyone. <laughs> um, so he's like, I'm free. Decides to go partying and have lots of copious amount of sex with other people. Uh, and decides, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know her. Well, all it is is dancing. They don't show sex, but he's dancing a lot with other girls. Um... So this guy seeing her on the news, our our guy, our, our main guy, um, what was his name again? Dean, Dean sees her on the uh, news, and the fact that she has amnesia decides to take it upon himself to fill his kids in on their little scheme. Goes over there and says, "Yeah, that's my wife. Uh, I'm taking her home. I, you know, I I don't have the paperwork, but I can prove it. You know, with intimate details." Because he had seen. A birthmark earlier before. Yeah. Already an invasion of privacy. Yeah, well, she, well, he'd seen it because she was just out there in like four different bikinis. Every scene they switch, she's wearing a different bikini. And I think she switched to like four of them. Right now we have the poster of the movie up. I don't think I've ever seen her wear that dress. <laughs> but yeah, so he's, so he saw she had a birthmark. She's walking around and all that stuff. So he caught a glimpse, you know. Uh, so he's able to prove with the birthmark. And then, yeah, s- basically ends up having this woman come home, play wife to him, and play mother to his four shitty children. One of which is irredeemable <laughs> because he keeps talking like fucking Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> so, yeah, let that let that information set in. This man convinces a woman with amnesia that her name is not Joanna. It's actually her name is Annie. And they have been married. And not only have they have been married, but then goes on to tell her, like, oh, yeah, you used to be big, then slim, then big, then slim again. And now you're kind of in that phase where you don't know where you want to be. Just mm. what? How many lies does he tell about to this woman to her face? Like, this is gaslighting to the extreme. Tells her that she used to be short and fat. Uh, I think, like, her facial features had changed she used to be in the navy i think was one of them uh her dad's an alk uh yeah her mom was an alcoholic who died of cirrhosis of the liver dad is in uh, on parole in jail oh no in jail and due for parole in two years uh got uh got fucked up at their wedding and that really upset her yeah got fucked up at her wedding uh they have four kids told her she wanted six (laughs) <laughs> how many other lies can we pack into this how many other things does he tell this woman oh uh because of her bad back she doesn't like sleeping in the bed she likes to sleep on the couch yeah that's right so she's not allowed to sleep in the bed she has to sleep on the couch which he has a weird skeevy scene it's really creepy but he it was kind of him just kind of him pranking her which once again doesn't feel right to say but but he comes home, he spray, he like pours some alcohol and stuff to make it seem like he came home drunk, whatever. And he's trying to tell her, you know, like, hey, you know, you know, want to, you know, get it going in the bedroom kind of thing like that. And then she, let's, let's get number five yeah, on the way. Yeah, she's already freaked out because I think it's like her first day still there. Um, so she doesn't want to. She's still freaked out, shell shocked, uh, confused, 
gaslit. Uh, and then she he comes home seemingly drunk. Uh, and then the moment she says no, that's when he kicks her to the to the couch. But he was always planning to not sleep with her anyways because that's not his goal, quote-unquote. This is going to change and become terrible later. But for now, it seems like he, he just wants to use her for uh, free labor and to take care of his shitty he, kids to pay off how much he owes, which was like $600. He's thinking $25 a day. Which is bullshit. <laughs> 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 we'll pay off that $600 he worked. He tells his best friend, Billy, this is a great idea. Billy tells him, don't fucking do this, but who's going to listen to the smartest guy in the room, am I right? Ah, Billy isn't exactly innocent here either. Uh, yeah, let's be real, it gets a little... Later, uh, later he asks him to fake the wedding photos. Billy goes into Photoshop, does it. And then oh, that's right! Oh, she does! Billy doesn't tell anybody about his, their little scheme. He is complicit 100%. And then later, Billy helps keep the lie going. But that's When he doesn't even want the lie to keep going. Yeah, yeah, when he's finally changed his mind. Uh, yeah, so like eventually later, like the roles are switched, and he's like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like, it feels like lying to her, and it, I feel bad about it and all that stuff. So he wants to, like, have the kids, like, hey, go ahead, tell her she's not your mom. Like, what are you talking about? And the kids have grown attached. She's By then, she's t- she's turned their lives around. She's given them manners, taught some of them how to read, helped them out, and defended them in school. It's, um, it's kind of touching. And so they are really attached, and so they're just like, what are you talking about? That's mom, you know? Like, what, are you, what are you doing, dad? And whatever. And he's like, god damn it. So then, like... Uh, he's trying to confront, uh, oh, cause she had found some panties that were hers, but she didn't know because it was, uh, when she got washed ashore and he, for some reason was keeping them. Uh, so she confronts Billy about it and he's like, just tell her, come on, tell her. And he's like, those, those they're, they're mine. They're mine. They're mine. <laughs> I, I was cheating. I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. No, <laughs> I don't remember how it goes in, in urban Cowboy. Uh, you see, uh, I, I, I can't be tied <laughs> down by one woman here. And, uh, yeah, and Dean here was just looking out for me. He doesn't want my... My relationship with Gertie to go down for for my own my own mistakes like that, which and uh, he's just trying to look out for me. Which I'm pretty sure Gertie was like the the news anchor's wife, but like let's let, let that's too insignificant to deal with. Anyways, uh, yeah, he tells this lie, get, almost gets his own relationship in a lot of deep shit because he thinks that she's good for Dean. So we're just gonna keep the lie going, I guess. It- uh, uh, <laughs> and that's what Kurt Russell once again is like saying, like, hey, yeah, no, jigs up. I was hoping we would this would come out anyways. I can't keep lying to you. Um, and then everyone gaslights. Are they gaslighting her still or is it him? I guess they're gaslighting her still. To like, they're gaslighting both of them at this point. To just be like, nah, no. Nah, y'all, y'all, y'all belong together. Yeah. Um, like Billy tells him, "You're right together." After they've effectively kidnapped this woman. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, this is a not going to be a fun comparison. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see, there's a big, glaring difference between these two movies. Oh, we'll get to comparison later. We still need to talk about the other stuff going on in this movie. Well, actually, I know. It's actually, just... I guess that'll come out in the comparison because the more I bring up, the more I'm just like. Uh, so let me just bring out a few like random ass shit that like doesn't happen in the other movie, just so I could just be like, all right, these are just weird, wacky shit. But yeah, this lady goes through hell. This lady, like, they bring oh, her absolutely. They've gaslit her. She's stressed out. She doesn't believe them. Uh, she's like, this can't be me. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like my life. And this and then, like I said, he's got four shitty kids. He's kind of a a caring dad. But a horrible father. <laughs> like, he doesn't discipline the kids. He just lets them do whatever. He's even like, hey, yeah, like, the kids are going through an ar- are gonna go- are going through an arson phase. Don't worry. I'm a ten steps ahead of them kind of thing. Like, wait, what? <laughs> um, and then, uh, like I said, one of them gets left behind, can't even read. Uh, the other one, I don't know, she, there was a big deal about him only reading smut, but I'm like, eh, at least the boy's reading. And won't ever get out of the bathroom. <laughs> That's just, I don't know. See, that's where I'm like on uh, Kurt Russell's uh, side. I'm like, that's just a teenage boy, man. Though, if they only got the one bathroom, hey, should have get off the pot, man. Get the fuck out of there. 
I think we can assume they only have one bathroom. Yeah. Granted, it's mostly boys, so like if it's you know they got options. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I grew up in a household full of a bunch of boys. We have watered some plants in our time. <laughs> so. So. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> what the fuck did I sign up for for this movie? Uh, other instances of her going through hell. The fucking kids to play a prank have glued plates to her hand. Yeah, yeah. That that's just a whole while thing we that happens. while we see four kids and two grown ass men try to eat a chocolate cream pie with just their hands. Yep. And they're like, hey, bring the forks. And then she comes in, sprays them all with water. They all have a little bit of fun. But it does end with all the, all of them uh, falling in poison oak, which was fun. Also, just, you know, as family do. She's treated like a maid. She's got to, like, clean the whole house, which is a goddamn mess. Uh, do everything for them, you know, cook for them. I prepared and handled raw food. I hunt it. You cook it. You shot a chicken? Come on, honey, save the jokes. We're starving here. Yeah! Strange. But, hmm. I feel as if I've never done this before in my life. It's, it's... Really, really uh, she does get better. She gets much better. Because, like, as, as Kat says, like, at the beginning, she really is just a total bitch. Like, treats her, uh, her butler terribly, treats the staff terribly, cheats Dean out of $600, for a choice of wood that she never even mentioned, you know, which, let's be real. When you're doing a carpentry job, you tell them what you want them to use. So that's on her. I still want that shoe closet so bad. Uh, but she grows and becomes a better person in this persona as Annie. Like, even when, like, yeah, like, as Kaz has mentioned, she sticks up for them at school. After falling in the poison oak... Uh, the boys are doing bad at school. They get called uh, to, or she gets called to the school um, because they admit that they now have a new mom, quote unquote. She, as she's getting just chewed out by this teacher saying that their parental support is terrible, they're failing, uh, this is all on them. She notices that these kids are sitting in desks for hours with poison oak in absolute agony and just completely choose this teacher out, saying that, are your test scores more important than the health of my children? And you're kind of like, damn. Then you remember, she just kind of got kidnapped, and they're not your kids. Yeah. Mrs. Burbage, would you come over here for a moment? Has it escaped your attention that these children have head-to-toe poison oak? Well, no. Yes, but... But what? My children are in need of medical assistance. And you can sit here and smugly lecture me on the importance of tests? Tests which exist to pigeonhole children's potential? A thing which cannot possibly be measured? Least of all by anal compulsive Huns? And my husband may be a large child, but that's none of your business. And my children may be rotten, but they're mine. And I think that they're bright and sensitive, so I have no doubts whatsoever about their intelligence. I do, however, have serious doubts about yours. Uh, and then, yeah, once again, being really nice and helpful. Like, she's trying, she's, you know, having the kid read the label to the calamite lotion to make sure he doesn't put it on his eyes. Uh, and then that's when she finds out he can't read. And so we have, like, very heartwarming scenes later on where she's just reading comic books with him and having him read along. Because, like, yeah, it might be, like, the easiest access for something, you know, accessible uh reading level wise that he could have and she's having this great moment where she's teaching him how to read they're reading a batman comic book or wait was it batman was, was it batman i don't know i think it was batman because they kept saying like what was it dr death or something like that or dr destroyer or something something like that dr destructo which is funny because like they kept treating like, with a name like that and yet they kept referring to him as if he was the hero and what was really crazy is when, like, he, I actually love that scene, too, when he walk, when Dean walks in the door and he sees the house is completely clean. The kids are doing their homework. The one that doesn't know how to read is sitting with uh, Annie as she's teaching them. One of them's playing the piano. 
one of them is playing piano. She's like, I learned piano. I learned to read. I got an A. I'm flunking math. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> Fucking Roy. <laughs> Fucking Roy. <laughs> oh, it's crushing our dreams, Roy. Why? Keep up, Roy. God damn it. Get out of the bathroom. <laughs> Give someone else a chance. <laughs> Put down the smut. Pick up the trigonometry. <laughs> I keep call, I'm calling him Roy because I think one of the things was like he brings uh, her home and it's like, come on, you got to remember your oldest son's name. What's his name? What does he look like? Come on. And she just goes, Roy. And I think his <laughs> his name was like Travis or something. Oh, if you if you ask me to name the kids. I All right. Name the kids right you. now. <laughs> I had to do this last you. week. Name the kids. <laughs> I gave you one. Uh, okay, so there was Travis. Uh, um, there has to be a Chad in this group, right? Of course, <laughs> obviously. There's... I'm gonna have to say maybe an Andy, and then just to top it off, a nice Joey Fontaine. <laughs> there was a Joey. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> I don't actually remember them all, so I have to look it up. But yeah, it's Joey, Greg, Travis. Carly. Hey, hey. Two out of four. (laughs) Really one out of four. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't even know his name was Travis. I was totally going to believe you that his name was Roy. (laughs) Sorry, what were you saying before I cut you off? You were saying how like he, he comes home, they're learning how to read, play piano, all this stuff. They're doing well. And you see he genuinely wants to care because in this moment, after the kid says, like, I'm flunking math, he he looks at all the boys that succeeded, then looks at the boy that was flunking math and says, like, all right, we'll work on it later then. Like, he is now actively trying to help with his kid's homework. He is not just a, I'm going to go to work, I'm going to go out with my friends, we all kind of fend for ourselves, I'm your best pal kind of dad. Well, not only that, because... It does seem to be the case where he's like an absent father. It's like, oh, yeah, I just go to work and I come home, get ready, go hang out with friends. But one of the times one of the kids calls him out, he's like, oh, where's dad? It's like, oh, your father went bowling, whatever. He's like, again? Uh, and she's like, what? And he's like, it's hard to go bowling without your bowling ball. And that's when she finds out this whole time when he's been, quote unquote, going out or for the most part, uh, he's been doing a second job just to help kind of get a, a bring in enough money. And like, this is a grueling job. Yeah, he's like shoveling fish bait. Something like that or manure, like heavy sacks of just stuff that he's just like piling on to pallets. You see him working yeah. the blue collar job late at night and that's when Annie knows. Yeah. She loves this man. Yeah, he does work to help his kids. Um, and we also have the really, once again, it's like, hey, look, that sounds really touching. This is a really nice moment. Then we have the other uh, side of it where it's like, he's the first time he's going to tell her like, hey, look, you know, when he starts feeling bad. Hey, look, I'm not a, you're not my wife kind of thing. Uh, he can't do it. He can't do it because he sees how much like she's starting to actually fall for him and all that stuff. So he says, I'll tell you, you know, I forgot. It's terrible. Uh, I forgot. It's your birthday. <laughs> and they go out. Have champagne. A whole bottle. Yeah, drink a whole bottle of champagne, hang out, have a good time. Tells her this story about these people who fall off a ship, Arturo and Katerina, and they try to swim to each other, then they drown. (laughs) Yeah, so it's why ships always do three long calls when coming to shore to the lighthouse, because that's how the two called to each other. One ship, like, failed or something, and... They tried to swim to each other, and then they just died. But that's why yeah. they do that. Three long calls. Everyone knows you're coming to shore. And then after that, they go home, and they finally make with the nasty. Which, <laughs> which once again, they it seems romantic the- <laughs> in the way the scene plays it, but you still got to remember, this woman has been lied to about who she is and what he is to her. Oh, yeah, full coitus for it seems like an entire day. All day and night. (laughs) They just go with the nasty. And she wakes up, and they surprise her with a dishwasher. A washing machine. A washing machine. A very romantic gesture. Remember, she's his dishwasher now. Yeah, and now she doesn't have to be his washing machine either. Oh, they had a really shitty washing machine. Yeah! And with... (laughs) With uh, the help of Annie, 
Dean and his buddy Billy come up with a new miniature golf course idea, the Wonders of the World. An 18-hole course designed with all these fun contraptions by Dean himself to bring, like, the world and all of its wonders to the small town of Elk Cove. Because why not? Like, three or four of the wonders are American. Oh, it looked like nine out of oh, the okay. I didn't. I didn't keep track. <laughs> Look, America's, but it looked, America's got wonders. But he's doing better now. He, he helped work this idea. He stuck to it. It's a passion project. It looks like a lot of money will be coming their way for this. <sighs> And he still kidnapped her and gaslit her. And, like, it's hard yeah. to accept that. She was really helpful, too. She made these really detailed crayon drawings um, to for him to use at his pitch meeting. And it worked, apparently. Oh, yeah, they were passing around the table with the beers, thinking, this is a great idea. But then who shows back up? Okay, yeah, eventually, um, her mother, who apparently it seems like they call each other every week, which... I, I guess it's nice. It's good that she had that relationship with her mom. But like after what two months, uh, every time like either the help or her husband picking up and saying like, "Oh, she's out or she's busy or this and that," she's like, "This is getting ridiculous." Like I'm coming over there right now, and that's when you realize the party's over. It's like, ah, oh, shit. I guess we gotta go get my wife, you know, for her inheritance or something like that. Tofuti, you'll have to leave. Oh, sweet Tofuti. <laughs> <laughs> oh how he misses her anyway so yeah he goes back turns the yacht around they go to pick up the wife whatever she is recognizes him instantly but doesn't realize that she walks in and she says i forgot what his name uh was. grant hey grant and she walks inside um she's like i just gotta put the flowers away and then she goes and then she walks out she's like why do i remember you and she said oh wait i know exactly who you are and I'm your wife, and all that stuff. And all of her memories start flooding back to her. And she remembers, oh, you're that dirty carpenter who hates me. Thank you for making me a wife and a mother. Wait, why did you do that? Why would you do that? Grant? Is that you? Yes, you're, you're Grant Staten Third. I remember. I remember. I'm Joanna Staten. to know who you are and the doctor said that my mind would come back suddenly and he was right i mean i didn't believe him but i, I saw you i walked past you into the house and poof my memory came back ask me anything ask me ask me about my childhood in new york uh about my mom her name is edith about my money money i have money i have lots of money i even have some in switzerland what see how i know me oh god this is the happiest day of my life oh thank you Thank you for bringing me here and making me a wife and a mother. And why did you do that? Why? I know why. You're that sweaty carpenter who hates me. And these are your children, and you made me It's an awful, awful scene. Like in, in that, like you know, her realization just she sells it really well. Like I said, the two leads are very charismatic and they're very good at her parts. And her just absolute heartbreak at like this life that she's been enjoying now, or starting to enjoy, mm -hmm. all fake, all made up, all a revenge plot, which it was. <laughs> everything that she loved in life yeah she has a like even just her facial expression she does she because she's like well let me get my stuff um so she can go back with her husband and she walks in and then just the like tear in her eye and the look on her face as she just like looks around sees everything in her in her home or their their home and she walks out she says nothing's mine and then she walks in and she's still wearing like the the macaroni necklace when the kids make i was like fuck she really sells this scene so good 
she was so sad and the kids run after the car saying mom you promised you'd yeah. never leave you said mothers don't leave mothers don't leave and then once again oh. she just she just looks so heartbroken and i'm just like damn it <laughs> goldie hot you're so good god damn it you shouldn't feel this way they're not your kids but god damn it they're your kids <laughs> Um, and then yeah we have like a scene of her realizing kind of what a piece of shit everyone around her is oh yeah like uh her her therapist is there trying to give a psychologic evaluation of her trauma her mom's there her husband's there they're all being prim and proper the therapist seems like an absolute just airhead and you just see Goldie Hawn just go yeah. full Annie, walk up to a bar with a beer, and just pop that sucker off on the cap on the counter, yeah. take a choice like, "Damn, that's good." Yeah. And then she grabs a platter <laughs> uh, that she just sees sitting there, offers some food to the therapist, and like, "Oh my God, she's just there for two months, and suddenly she becomes a maid, part of the yeah. help, part of the help." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, it's just they're awful people. Uh, but I think the real big kicker for her, where she suddenly realizes she doesn't like this life anymore, he makes a, her husband makes a reference of like, "Oh, geez, like should have left you in that psych ward kind of thing." And that's when she realizes you knew I was there and you didn't come for me. Because um, yeah, they have a scene where he shows up to the psych ward. She's still kind of like she's just so amnesia, but she still has like her bitchy tendencies. So she's just like throwing shit and causing a problem. And he's like, "Nope, never heard of her." And then he goes and parties with Tofuti. Tofuti. <laughs> But beautiful tofu. A, a great scene for Goldie <laughs> Hawn here happens right afterwards, where they're like they're in, uh, they're under the boat, um, not with Edith or uh, Grant or the therapist, but with the staff, and she's teaching them how to do tequila shots, the whole salt tequila lime, and even the head butler, yeah. her butler, is there. Andrew, the MVP yeah. of this movie. Do, do you want to mention the thing about Andrew being the MVP? Not just yet. I'm going to let you mention that because, okay. one, I don't know if I know what you're talking about, but I just want to mention this scene where Goldie Hawn, uh, okay. fully realizing her change, goes up to her. It's like, you have been part of my life for most, you have been a part of my life for most of my life, and I have treated you so terribly, and I am so sorry for that. Just absolutely. And it's like a real moment, and you're like, fuck, you were kidnapped, basically, but you learned so much. <laughs> and even Andrew, like, gives her a bit of, like, words of wisdom, and we're just like, fuck. Look at this sage old wise butler, man. Oh, that's right. What, like, you, like what was it like? You should do. You could do what you uh, you're supposed to, or you could do what you want to, or something like that. Something like that. It was really good, like surprisingly good sage wisdom, and exactly, obviously, what the character needed to hear. Like, do what you need to do. The thing is, we were talking about how cool Andrew was, and then later on, he has another cool moment where he decides to quit by tossing Grant overboard. Um, so that was fun. So by the end of it, we're just like, man, fucking grand MVP. What a badass. You look at the credits. <laughs> Andrew, don't you dare give it to Grant. Sorry. All right? Sorry. If we were giving Andrew. it to Grant, it's because of Tofuti. Yeah. And you're like, Andrew, what a badass. Love him. Great character. Awesome. Then you look at the credits like, hey, Andrew is the same guy who's the executive producer. <laughs> <laughs> he just had right. himself be the coolest side character in the movie. I would do the same. Yeah, go for it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> go for it, Andrew. All right, Roddy McDowell. That's what it was. I was just about to look it up. But yeah, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, okay, that's fair. If I were executive producing stuff, I would totally M. Night Shyamalan myself into a fucking movie. I would be the... <laughs> but he did it so well because by the end of it, we're like, fuck, Andrew, are you like legit? Yeah. Um, and then, so while that's happening, she's having her realization. Everyone's miserable over where... Uh, where uh, Dean is, all of his kids, they miss her, he misses her. Um, the kids are... T- they blame yeah, him the for kids it. Are telling her- yeah, I know. Uh, the kids are telling him they want him ba- her back. Um, one of the kids was and- like... One of the kids even... like I think Roy has like a really good, like very introspective like uh, uh, observation where he's like, you should have told her, Dad. And he was like, then she would have just left sooner. And he, I think he says something along the lines of like, well, it would have hurt less. I was like, fuck, yeah. that you're, That's very mature, Roy. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Roy showing that it's not important to just be in the bathroom all the time. Listen, Roy's a dummy, but he's got emotional maturity. <laughs> <laughs> he might not be good at math, but he's really good with feelings. 
Uh, and so, yeah, eventually, you know, uh, they're all miserable, but then Dean decides, you know what? I'm getting her back. We're going and we're going to go find her. So he, I think, gets like the Coast Guard. Oh, he tells Billy, then he goes to his kids like, prepare for war, kids. And the kids come out with just like, like BB guns of just like AK-47s just like running out with them and everything like that. Just ready okay, for they're battle. B- they're, they're, they're like BB guns and Pelicans. They don't have AK-47s. <laughs> that's what they're made to look like. And you're like... Yeah. What is with these kids? Have they learned anything and you think they have, but then they do this, but you know what? Fine, their dad taught them how to kidnap anyway, so let's go for it. <laughs> and then they get the Coast Guard involved. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, as they're going out, they realize um, the Coast Guard gets a call and it's like, oh, you know, they see each other and they're calling to each other and they can't wait. Um, and then uh, the Coast Guard gets a call on something else that happens. I forgot what. It was like salmon poachers. There you go. It was like poaching. And so it's like, that takes priority over your friend's love life. Sorry. And they start turning around. Salmon and that's when, poachers. That's when they have the scene that I mentioned uh, where like, or that I made my reference to my intro for uh, where she jumps in the water or he jumps in the water, I think, to go after. And it's mm-hmm. like, man overboard. So then all of a sudden he takes priority. So they got to turn the boat around to go get him. She starts, she jumps in the water seeing him. And so they start swimming to each other and she, she just like yells out to him, Arturo, and he's like, Katarina. Katarina. and it's like, dude, the, the people you said died. <laughs> this is really what you want to go. And instead, just just to really, even though this should be a really cute moment, instead of calling her Joanna, when they embrace in the ocean, it's like, oh, Annie, I'll never let you go. That is not her name. I, you know, so I know that's true, but like that's kind of the name that she was their mother and his wife as so i i i i understand it's not her real name but i i don't know that it's not a kind of sweet gesture they should just call her joanna i guess like unless she said like no i want to be annie yeah i'm wondering like when they're home and they have settling into their you know family life and she you know ends up marrying him or whatever uh and if... they slowly have that uh the graduate ending oh yeah i did mention that it'd be funny <laughs> <laughs> it would have been, yeah. <laughs> but I'm kind of wondering if they kind of, you know, have a conversation. Where it's like, yeah, so my name, actual name's Joanna. I'm still be your mother, kind of thing. Or if she's just like, ah, fuck it, call me Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, close enough. Yeah. And um. Oh, and Dean, we... don't worry. Dean does win out in all of this because it turns out Grant is not the one that has all the money. It's all Joanna's money. Yeah. So, Dean married Rich. Dean found himself a sugar mama. Mm-hmm. She's even got money in a Swiss account. That not even Grant knew about. Yeah. And so, yeah, we pretty much end. The, they're all on the boat. They're heading back. They're embracing each other. The kids are writing down what they want for Christmas, like a Ferrari and stuff like that, because now they know I have a rich mom. And then, yeah, he just has a realization. He's like, what can I give a woman who has everything? I want a daughter. <laughs> Which... Boy, I hope that works out for her. Because if they have two more yep. boys. <laughs> <laughs> Rounded out at six. Yeah, because one of the lies he told her was that she wanted six to have six kids <laughs> and not stop at four. So I'm like, boy, if they end up having six boys, that poor woman. Ah, she'll be fine. That's what she wanted, remember? That's true. She seemed to take to mothering pretty yeah, well. I guess so. And that's our movie. Boy, did we end that podcast fast, am I right? <laughs> Oh, now we got to make the comparison between this one and Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. I will break this ice real quick. I will break this with the hammer it should. The thing that separates the two of these movies is Adam and Millie is Millie being a fucking champ and Adam being a piece of shit. Uh, Joanna and Dean, Annie and Dean. So fucking cute, man. Oh my okay. god. Okay, like, wait, why do wait. I love them so much? Yes, you're right, but they will start off as pieces of shit. They do, but they get better together. And, and it's they so both. cute. And I'm like, god damn it. Yes, exactly. They show improvement and they start to be more sympathetic. They care about each other. By the end, do we think Adam's any more caring? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't. And I'm over here losing my mind because I'm like, oh my gosh. Did I like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't like the movie... You like the character still? <laughs> I, I, oh, God damn it. 
Because we're like, she's a bitch, and what he's doing is fucked up, man. I can't believe everyone's going along with this. These kids are going along with it. Fucking Billy's going along with it. Man, it's fucked up what everyone's doing. But by the end, it's like, she did so much for those kids, and they love her so much. They care for her, too. They don't want to let her go, and she loves them. <laughs> and he loves her, and she loves him. And it's just everybody coming together and being in love. <laughs> I told my mom that we were watching this, despite its problematic, uh, st- uh, uh, I guess, premise. And she, and she told me, she said, I just remember when I saw it a long time ago that I just thought it was really cute and really funny and romantic. And I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. <laughs> like, you should never do this. Never do this. We said that for the last movie, too. We did say that for the last movie. Don't Kurt Russell and people. Golden Hawn. Just, we're so good. Yeah, please don't kidnap people. Don't kidnap people. Don't gaslight. Well, don't viciously gaslight. I'll gaslight bubs all the live long day. But it's <laughs> it's all in good fun. It's all for the good of humanity. Yeah. He needs, he needs to be humbled. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh like God. as if you're a bitch living on a yacht and need to reform. Anyways, no. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so the similarities, both in the video that I had watched that was comparing these, um, but also the reason why I was like, okay, this is why these make a perfect pairing now that I've heard about this movie, and this is why we need to watch them. Wife, well, wife wasn't kidnapped, the first wife wasn't kidnapped in Seven Brides of Seven Brothers, but it's a woman coming in under false pre- pretenses to come in and take care of a bunch of rowdy boys and play mother and yep. maid. To all these men, uh, yes. guys who are in desperate need of direction and fucking a slap to the face. Yeah, six boys who really need a mother. And and uh, and the oldest brother who needs to go to prison. Yeah, and then the other one is also four boys who need a... No, yeah, four boys who need a mother. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, four boys who need a mother. Um, and a man who needs to be taught how to be a father. Any more similarities there? Oh, they gaslight. Both gaslight. Those are the big strong ones. Oh, yeah, he does too, doesn't he? Adam Adam gaslights hard. The whole uh, getting in the tree situation, trying to make it seem like this is yeah. her fault, not no. his fault. You know what I like about Overboard? I mean, there's a bunch of things I kind of actually like about Overboard, but you know what I really like about Overboard? People aren't very jolly and singing about how great it is to kidnap these crying Women who don't want to be there. <laughs> Are you telling me that you had a problem listening to sobbing women? The difference is, Kurt Ru- they, they're both assholes, and they both do this terrible thing. And they lie to these women, they gaslight them, and then uh, they, they, the, the other brothers kidnap these women. They never once, in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, they never once really feel remorseful about what they've done to these women. Adam eventually is willing to go to bat and maybe possibly be killed for his brothers. Not for the women. Doesn't matter what the women folk think. Kurt Russell, or Dean, actually has remorse and feels bad for the damn done thing he did. (laughs) And he did try to make it right. He did try to tell her. Was it the worst way to try to tell her? Yes. But you have to blame the kids and the best friend for... Wanting to continue the lie. It's hard to blame the kids. The oldest one, Roy, is like 13. Like <laughs> Fucking Roy. In, in their minds, they just didn't, they just got this mom who's once again improved their lives so incredibly much. The difference is, once again, these are teenagers. This is the oldest being just barely a teen and the rest are children who found a caring mother figure. The other ones are adult ass men in their 20s to 30s. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. But hey, at least they know how to dance. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Fucking, <laughs> fucking Pee Wee Herman little bastard over there can't dance. Hey, and and none of the brothers talk like Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. But do all of the brothers know how to read? No, and I don't know that that would have been important for them, actually. Uh, uh, Adam apparently knew how to read. Adam did know how to read. So point for Adam. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, hold on. Here's the thing. One of them did talk like Pee Wee Herman the whole time, like an asshole. But none of those kids are profusely meowing 
over Ooh. and over. <laughs> That's right. I love our boy Gideon, but fuck that meowing scene. <laughs> he was catcalling, man. In the dumbest of ways. <laughs> Did it work? Sort of. He almost got a shovel to the back of the head. <laughs> if it wasn't for Benjamin saving the day, or Frank, whoever it was. Oh, but there was there was that part where like the kids are fighting in the room, and the youngest literally comes out, but like, Mom, Dad, they're trying to make me eat blood. <laughs> and then Roy just comes in and shut up you when he brings him in the room. Like, I have no clue what happened in that room. That is very true. That was a disturbing sequence, and I'm only laughing because I don't want to confront the truth of what happened in there. Yeah, you were just like, yeah, I think at the time watching, you were like, wait, what the fuck (laughs) just happened? Yeah, I mean, I really would like a fucking explanation, but then I asked myself, do I need it? All right, and in Seven Brides, there was an actual confirmed baby that happens. It is true. Hannah. There is Hannah. Oh, and Seven yeah. Brides for Seven Brothers does have Annabelle. Fuck, does have Annabelle. Hey, this one has two dogs that are not very well featured, but hey, they're cute. They are cute dogs. Oh. Two dogs. Oh, but Seven Brides for Seven Brothers has multiple dog scenes. Wait, wait. But also the mother, Edith, she also has, what was his name? Like Shih Tzu or Teramitsu or something like that? A Shih Tzu. A Shih Tzu. Yeah, but like, what was his name? It was something. Oh, Shiitake. Its name was Shiitake. Um, oh my gosh. And it does wear cute hats and outfits. <laughs> uh, don't do this to me. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, let's be real. Going Courtin' is a cute song. No, no, I don't remember none of the songs. <laughs> Those just... Ah, fuck that, you. That might be a plus for you, <laughs> and I wouldn't take that away from you. It does nothing for me. <laughs> I, do re- I don't remember the song. I do remember the dance number of them just kind of all having a good time without Adam. <laughs> So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, still, it was like a, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. They're both like bad plots oh, when yeah. you break them down. You just think Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn are fucking cute about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it pretty much exactly. Like, I, I said that from the beginning. I was like, yeah, the premise is, is bad. It's not a, it's no no way ever really able to justify the premise. Well, it it does in the quote unquote they end up loving each other very much and finding you know a true family with each other. Blah blah blah. But it's still just like icky. Uh, yeah, because how do you explain that to people? Give me that scene. Give me that scene after they're married and they're meeting their first friend couple. You know, and they explain like, well, how did you two meet? Well, this is a doozy. All right. Uh, give me that scene, okay? Like, I want to see that. <laughs> so she had amnesia and she was a bitch to me? <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to kick yourself after this one. Oh, wait. Oh, wait till you hear it. She's laughing, uh, too. Just like, wait till you hear what this guy did. Because <laughs> I was such a bitch. I took care of his children. <laughs> just like the total, like, horrified looks on their faces as they slowly raise the phone up to call 911. Well, like, putting a sign up to the woman, like, blink once if you you need help yeah but here's the problem you call the cops or you try to like get help or see like hey is everything okay but the problem is they accidentally found themselves in a loving committed relationship like it's not like one of those things where it's an like abusive relationship and she's just kind of convincing herself that everything's all right this movie shows them genuinely caring about each other and he he say what you will about him. He never does actually lay a hand on her. Well, I, does that happen in Seven Brides? Did I miss a scene? I mean, they did just like straight up firemen carry six women just wrapped in blankets while screaming at the top of their lungs. Well, that might not have been that's like true. physical assault. That's still a very traumatic event to go through. That's true. And the only time that Kurt Russell ever picked her up and threw her somewhere was after she had all that poison oak and he decided to just give her the bed for the night. Oh, no. picked her up and said, here, go. Or that moment uh, he threw her in the water barrel to wake her up. Oh, that's true. Yeah. She was really strung out from having to take care of his shitty kids the first night. Or first couple. No, I think it was like the first week, within the first week, uh, and lost her goddamn marbles. And so she just kept making chainsaw noises. So he just threw her in a bucket of water. That is true. That wasn't that was an endearing scene. That wasn't fun. I don't feel good about that scene. I think even at one point, like when he was gonna like take care of her, like I think she was because she was becoming a little delirious about the whole poison oak, and she was like, "I don't, 
you know, she's like, I'm ugly and this and that and all this stuff. And I'm itchy and a poison oak. And when he picks her up, she is crying at the point of like, I don't want to go back in the barrel. <laughs> You're not going back like, in the barrel. Which once again, it's a bit of like a, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, but also one, Goldie Hawn once again is very endearing there. And two, it's a very heartwarming scene where he gives her the bed and, Reassure her, reassures her everything's okay, and he sleeps uh, in the couch with the dogs. I know we're not supposed to be doing too many callbacks, but I did laugh my ass off when we were seeing that scene, and you were just like, no, not the boo box again. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we didn't mention about the shitty thing about her sleeping on the couch was the first night she does it, it's like a, uh, yeah, the first night she does it is like a fucking rainstorm. I legit just remember and this. The s- <laughs> And the ceiling is leaking. And so she's literally has water just raining on her there. And so she's, but when you see her the next morning, she's holding two pots, catching water as she's asleep. <laughs> this is it's, the... They treat this woman like shit. <laughs> but it, they're but, so cute about but it. But they love each other. <laughs> yeah, no. Once again, it just, it's hard to fully reconcile with this. It, they spent a lot of, I, I guess what I, what, what I can say is they spent a lot of time on the relationship showing that it does transform that it does develop and for seven brides for seven brothers i never like millie's great but like their whole courting scene at the beginning was just a hey marry me i gotta get off my shift all right marry me after your shift all right (laughs) you're married you've realized you've been duped and now the best you can do is turn his fucking brothers into civilized people because he doesn't change and he's kind of an asshole. Never once does it feel like they develop a relationship so much as she has to pull a couple power cards so he stops being such an asshole. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm over here just like very surprised by how much you do remember about Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. <laughs> I'm just, I'm realizing it as I'm saying. <laughs> so I guess that brings us around to the to the big question, guys. So did you like it? Yeah, I still kind of do. Like, coming into it, I was like, okay, I have a lot of nostalgia for it, so, like, it might just be, like, nostalgia that I just, as a kid, I never questioned it. <laughs> it was really cute, fun, like, you know, romance story that was funny. And then watching it, I'm like, I still kind of do, because I think they do a good job just developing the characters. Pee Wee Herman child can can eat one though. Uh, <laughs> I have no problem with Pee Wee Herman, honestly. I just remember thinking the kid was annoying as a child, uh, and I don't know why I carried that with me. <laughs> uh, but I'll ask you, Sir Squaring, did you like it? I am ashamed to say I think I did. <laughs> I yeah. It's a creepy plot. I'm going to give it that. It is a creepy plot. But Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell are so goddamn likable in this movie. And they sell it so well. And there were too many moments where Kaz and I were legit laughing and having a good time. And there... And there was moments like that for Seven Brides and for Seven Brothers. But not for the same reasons. We were laughing at the movie... And with this Not one, we're with laughing. the movie, we're laughing with the movie. There were times watching this where you're just like, "Oh fuck, that was a really good moment between them." <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you would start breaking down, but like, but then remember what they did. Yeah. I feel like I know what he did. Okay, you don't I, need to remind me. I know guys. where this started. <laughs> I can live in this moment though. <laughs> and then I know that's the sin we have gone through to get here. And then you just read at me for a whole twenty minutes. <laughs> Uh, so for the ending of the point of comparison, what do we say? <laughs> like we're not doing a better or worse. I would rather show somebody overboard than show someone seven brides or seven brothers. I think that's true. It, it, my, I agree with that, but it also might be my like my I say musical bias, my fact that I just don't jive with musicals is what I'll say. I would only show someone Seven Brides Seven Brothers if they asked me, just like, I would really like to watch a What the Fuck musical. It's like, and do I have the one for you, pal? <laughs> then the true point of comparison, does Seven Brides for Seven Brothers stand atop, just barely skimming the top of the pile of anything from John Travolta, Ma- Mark Travolta Madness? 
I would rather watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers again than The Fanatic. I would rather watch Seven Brides for Seven Brothers again before I would watch Urban Cowboy. Before I would like, I don't care if you said I missed Urban Cowboy. You no. know you did not miss I, Urban Cowboy. I did not. I said that to really get you going. <laughs> no, because I would have. Uh, don't make me put that movie back on. <laughs> though that song, sobbing women, every time I, it doesn't. It's not. Uh, nothing, nothing good. No good feels. No good lyrics. Nothing good happening. That that we were legit watching the movie, groaning like, ah, it's awful. <laughs> the best part about watching Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is watching it with someone who's never seen it before, and just watching them watch it and looking at like the looks of indignation as they realize <laughs> where this is going. <laughs> as you were just like, oh, as a kid, I was like. <laughs> As a kid, I was like, haha, funny musical stuff. As an adult, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit, Gideon's got moves. <laughs> Throw it down, Gideon. <laughs> also, do do that backflip. What's with these two it's what these two real boys saw on the lawn with these lazy fucks dancing with the Yeah, I know. Bunch of fucking chuckle fucks. <laughs> Get off your ass. I don't we're all sad boys here, but some of us are sad and doing the work. <laughs> And you will never be as the greatest sad boy scene ever. A Knight's Tale. Fair enough. Yes. <laughs> wow, this, we, I know you just went from saying like, oh, I don't want to do that many callbacks to we're just bringing up everything now that we've ever seen. So, <laughs> this this, so Overboard <laughs> is to King Arthur as. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right, Cass, do you have anything to plug for this week? Oh, okay, so yeah, we're as always... Uh, this is could be found on all of the podcast thingies. We'll do a plug for that later, but we always stream it live, us talking about it every Friday uh, at 10 o'clock Central U.S. time at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's the number two ND in the word respawn. Um, on Fridays, that's what we do. Every other day, we are variety streamers, so we do weird shit. So we're doing like Persona Strikers, Dance to Working on Elden Ring, stuff like that. We do weird shit. Devil may cry somewhere in there if I'm not feeling lazy. Um, and I'm joined always by Sir Squaren, who also is a variety streamer at twitch.tv forward slash Sir Squaren. And it's Sir S-Q-U-A-R-I-N on Twitch. Uh, he's also a variety streamer. Lately, you've been busy with the move, but I think you're getting back to streaming soon. Yeah, I'll be back um, pretty soon uh, with some more D&D content and... Uh... Maybe a Spongebob game. I don't know what I'm feeling recently. Oh, damn. And shout out to our amazing editor, uh, Tucker underscore wins. You can follow him on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. Same name for Twitter as well at Tucker Tucker underscore wins. Um, He puts in a lot of work every week for us to edit these uh, streams down into a great podcast that we really enjoy. Uh, it comes out on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally anywhere you can get podcasts, except maybe YouTube. Sorry, YouTube. And we're really excited because we are about to launch Summer of Animation starting next week. Woo! Woo! We're um, going to have some special guests. We need a... Probably not going to announce a special guest uh, too ahead of time, just in case, you know, plans fall through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how summer animation is going to work since there are a lot of animated movies out there uh, we're doing two months of this one month is going to be more for family friendly oriented films while the second month will be more towards uh, older adult audience Uh, starting us off strong is going to be uh, what looks like the dark knight rises Uh, and then so for the family friendly film we're going to be doing uh, a dark knight the dark knight rises in Kanto. Is it Rises? Or The Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Knight go. Returns. Okay. Uh, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the one with Tom Hardy going like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. <laughs> it's not a car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the second film is going to be In Kanto, being the first kind of topical episode we've ever done. Yeah, that's the closest we've ever <laughs> gone or so far to seeing a movie close to its i mean this this is the closest ever ever been to being topical or so you're welcome release uh the third film i've never seen the third film is going to be uh the road to el dorado and to 
end off family friendly month is going to be batman mask of phantasm really excited for it we're gonna yeah. have some hopefully have some fun guests look uh look forward to it and if you like what you hear here you enjoy the podcast please feel free to share it um we really appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to it and we would appreciate it if you could help get us out there a little bit more and just if you like a certain episode don't be afraid to share it with someone. It's true. Show them what you like. You could be on the cutting room floor. You could be there at ground zero when you could be like, I knew them before they went off the deep end and became the next Joe Rogan with a crazy ass spouting bullshit. Because you weren't supposed to tell them yet. <laughs> All right. Final words. <laughs> listen, 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 bro. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> just asking questions, bro. <laughs> you know what? I'm going with this interview. What questions are you trying to ask here, Cass? <laughs> <laughs> all right to end it out we're gonna finish this off strong for this two-week little adventure don't kidnap people 